0: had a moment recently, had a moment recently where I was uh, aware. I was aware that if I didn't pay attention, I was going to miss something sacred. Now, I'm not always aware of this. In fact, I'd say I'm usually not aware (laughs) of those moments. But, But at this particular moment, It was very palpable. It was very clear. In that moment, I was aware that if if I didn't pay attention in that moment, I was going to miss something sacred. We were going to take our two-year-old daughter swimming. And uh, she was going to go to the pool with us. And and she was, of course, super excited about it. And, And so when I get home from work, I walk in. The first thing I see is our Cute little two-year-old daughter, uh, all dressed up in her, as she calls it, swim foot. She was all dressed up in her swim foot, and she had her favorite uh, bright red sort of ruby slippers on, you know. And she was jumping up and down, and she was super excited about going to the pool. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, I'm going, I'm going to the swimming pool. She said it like three or four times, jumping up and down, grinning ear to ear, as, as excited as could possibly be to go to the swimming pool. There was nothing... At that moment, there was more important to her than going to the swimming pool. So, so we go to the swimming pool, we get there, she's in the pool with mommy and uh, I'm dressed in work clothes sitting on the bench on the side and she is laughing, she's kicking and screaming, she's having a great time, She's, she's yelling, hey daddy, look at me, hey daddy, look at me, and she's swimming all over the place having the time of her life and I feel my pocket buzzing. I feel my pocket buzzing. And as soon as that happens, I know some of y'all experience this multiple times per day. Squirrel. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. My, my, my smartphone kept sort of saying to me. And that was, when, that was when the moment was something that was palpable for me. I was aware at that very moment. I thought to myself... Not a chance. (laughs) This is too good to miss. I was aware, and I'm, I'm not always aware of this. In fact, I'm generally not good at this. But I was aware at that moment that if I didn't pay attention, I was going to miss something absolutely sacred. There was nothing on the planet more important at that moment than enjoying my daughter enjoying herself. Friends, I don't think it's an exaggeration. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that sometimes paying attention can be an expression of love. When our attention is divided, we will miss sacred moments in our lives. When our attention is divided, We will end up spending too much time on all those urgent things and neglect the more important things. We will miss, if we don't pay attention, we will miss attending to the real needs of the people who are closest to us. We will miss opportunities all around us to notice, in fact, as we're going to see today, (laughs) to notice the presence of God all around us. Do you know that when you're paying attention, when you're paying attention to the presence of God in the world around you? It's an exercise in learning to love Him. When you're paying attention to the presence of God all around you, it's an exercise in in learning to worship and bow down to the Creator God who is infinitely beyond even the beauty you see and the good you see around you. You see, this wiring of God is all over creation. And, 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 and this wiring, the presence of God's design in the world around us, is meant to draw us to a worship of Him. God's wiring in the world around us is meant to draw us into a worship of Him. The Bible makes this clear when it teaches that creation is infused with the presence of God. Listen to just Romans 1, 18-20. I'll read a few others here uh, in just a moment. But I want to start at Romans 1, 18-20, which makes this point that creation is infused with the presence of God. Listen to Romans 1 here, 18-20, to 20, it says this, For the wrath of God, God's justified anger, is revealed from heaven where God lives, that, that place that is beyond space and time where God lives. His justified wrath against sin is revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. You see, sin can distract us from seeing God. Clearly, it says, verse 19, for what can be known about God is plain to them. It's clear because God has shown it to them in the creation. He says, verse 20, this is Paul writing, for his invisible attributes, God's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made so that they are out without excuse. God's invisible attributes, His character and His nature are clearly perceived in the things God has made, which is in simple terms to say, you look at the creation around you, you think this, this has got to be made by some being way bigger than what I see. Creation all around us is meant to draw us into a worship of God. If we're paying, if we're paying attention, If we're noticing. So often, though, we miss those opportunities, don't we? I I, I know that that is the the norm for me, to miss those opportunities. Everyday opportunities to pay attention to God and His wiring, His presence in the world in a way that draws me to worship Him. I know I miss it all the time. I I, I did this a couple years ago and realized later I had missed an opportunity uh, to see God in the the presence of creation all around me. I don't know if you've ever done this drive. Probably most of you have if you've lived in Greene County any period of time and you enjoy going somewhere where they have restaurants. Um, If you've ever made the drive from here to Asheville in the fall, if you've made the drive from here to Asheville in the fall and the leaves are at their best, uh, don't go Johnson City to 26. Go 107, go down the ridge of mountains, and then take 26. It's absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, we live in a gorgeous area. So a couple years ago, <laughs> I got to the end of this drive and realized <laughs> I haven't even, like, I haven't even been paying attention to Fall. I was on the phone the whole time. And and I'm sure that whatever the conversation was with whomever it was, was meaningful to them. I'm sure it was important. But I realized later on, I I missed the opportunity uh, because I wasn't paying attention. And it was there in front of me right then. I could see it with my own eyes. I mean, I was driving through mountains that dwarf me. Mountains that dwarf me, which communicate, you're this small little thing in this huge world. Just listen to a few passages from Scripture that speak to the presence of God in creation. Speak to the presence of a a being that is greater than the creation itself. Listen to Isaiah 6.3. It says this, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Psalm 19, 1 and 2, great passage, says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims His handiwork. They're speaking about how awesome God is. Verse 2, day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. This cycle of the heavens communicates that God is amazing. Psalm 148, 1-13, extended passage. Listen to all this. It's great. It talks about how creation praises the Lord just by its mere existence. Verse 1, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise Him in the heights, praise Him, all His angels, praise Him, all His hosts, praise Him, sun and moon, praise Him, all you shining stars, praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. And He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth. You great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling His word. What a cool phrase that is. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them, all of them, praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. I mean thing after thing after thing after thing after thing that is the created order speaks to the presence of a majestic being that made everything that is. And if you're driving through Asheville and you see the mountains, you think, man, this is awesome. (laughs) This is pretty. Let that be a moment to pay attention and realize, man, God must be unreal in ways I can't even possibly fathom. Beyond what I'm actually seeing now, I read just this week that uh, that there are more stars in the universe than all the words spoken and all the sounds made for all humans for all time. Now, I, I don't know how they figure those things out, but that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot in a way that you can't even really begin to understand. And friends, the practice, word chosen on purpose, practice, the practice of recognizing the beauty and the wonder of the world around us helps, us helps us learn to love God and to worship Him. But it's a practice. It's something you cultivate. It's something that happens when you work at it and develop a habit in your heart and your mind. And that's why we're going to turn here to Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 12. Turn there if you aren't there yet. Just a little bit of context uh, before we jump in together here. Uh, Deuteronomy is an Old Testament book. It's in the first uh, five books of the Old Testament. And the people of God here at this moment in Deuteronomy right on the precipice. They were right on the edge of something big. This is something for which they'd been waiting for years, something for which they had prayed and sacrificed and prepared. This is something actually that God had been promising for many, many years up to this point. And they were finally there, right on the edge of this new way of living, this new land that God was about to take them to that He had promised. They had suffered hundreds of years of persecution. They had been nomads without a home. They had been slaves in Egypt. Their identity as a people had been threatened threatened time and time again and here they were at that moment because God had been faithful about to go into this new land this land of safety and of rest that God had promised and so at that, at that moment Moses their leader, he stands up in front of the entire nation in this pregame locker room moment and here's what he says the whole sermon in a word Hear. Hear, O Israel, he says. Hear. Notice. Listen. Pay attention. Don't miss this. This is important. They're right on the precipice, right? About to begin to receive the blessing of God for which they'd waited so long. And Moses' first words are, pay attention, listen up. You'd better get this because once you get in there, if you don't get this, if you forget this, if you're not paying attention, if you don't regularly practice bringing to mind and heart what I'm about to tell you, you'll miss the blessing of God. That's what was at stake here in this moment. And that's why he says, listen up, O Israel. Listen up. He says this, verse 4, The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. There's only one God. There's no other God. Our God is the one true God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Every part of your being must be involved in paying attention to this, he says. And these words, verse 6, and these words that I command you today shall be uh, on your heart. He says, as we enter into this new land, it's important to keep your heart focused. This is an attitude of the heart, Moses says. It's an attitude of the heart that's developed because it's going to be distracting once you get in there. It's going to be distracting once you get in there. It's going to be be tempting. It's going to be tempting to hold fast to those comforts and those luxuries, that, that relative safety that you're going to know that you didn't know. I mean, are we preaching yet? Because listen, I know we've got fears about tomorrow, but the reality of the country we live in today is it's the safest and most comfortable that's ever existed. So pay attention. Pay attention. You have to remind yourself, which is why he says it like this in verses 7 and following. You have to remind yourself. You shall teach them diligently to your children. It takes care and diligence and intentionality. It's a practice to cultivate, to remain focused on Creator God above all else. That's why he continues to talk about it like that in verses 7 and following. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise, all parts of the day, all places of the day, as a reminder of God's presence and provision, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, don't forget them. Have them in front of you. Be aware of them as a practice of remembering that our God is the one true God. This is why this is so important. He reiterates this in verses 10 and following here. Because when the Lord your God brings you into the land that He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you when He swore to give to you with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of all good things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, when He gives you these things that you didn't do that He's provided for you when you eat and are full, verse 12, then take care. Be careful. Pay attention. Lest you forget the Lord. Lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Take care lest you continue to give in to the lie that that, that you, by picking yourself up by the bootstraps, got you to where you are. (laughs) He says, that's not actually the world we live in. He says, these are cities... You did not build houses full of all good things you did not fill, cisterns you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. So that when you eat and are full, give thanks to the Creator who made it all possible in the first place. Don't forget, he says, don't forget who brought you here. Because it's easy to, it's easy to be distracted. He says, don't forget who brought you here. Don't forget the God who created the stars. Don't forget the God who makes babies. Friends, there are wonders in the world that point us to the majesty of God. Listen, the the application this week uh, isn't really that hard. (laughs) The application this week is, is simply this. Practice, practice loving and worshiping God by paying attention to His wiring in the world all around you. Practice loving God and worshiping Him by paying attention to His wiring in the world all around you. There, there's another piece of that that can be a practice for folks of y'all who are like me. <laughs> Which is the the converse, the other side of that. The obverse of that is this. Stop practicing the negativity that sees and notices and sometimes practically praises and feeds off of nothing but brokenness. Stop practicing the negativity that notices nothing but brokenness. Now don't get me wrong, I know the world's broken. I get it. I had a friend yesterday, an old friend who died of cancer. My mom was in an accident that I drove up on yesterday and she's in the hospital. Many of you all have experienced tragedies like that in your family, in your own life, in your own body. I know the world's broken. I get it. (laughs) Things are messed up. But we also know, as followers of Jesus, a resurrected Jesus. But that that's not the whole story. That's not all there is. There is not nothing but brokenness. <laughs> there is wonder and amazement and majesty. Beyond this life. We believe, in fact, that Jesus is alive today as a testimony to the truth that victory over sin for us is not fake story tale, bedtime story only kinds of things. It's real because Jesus is actually alive. When we do this, we practice the presence of God around us. We will continue to notice in our lives these hints of eternity that are all around us. When we do that, when we do that, our hearts and our minds, our whole lives, will increasingly be shaped into a godliness, into Christ-likeness. We will, we will be more in awe of and more in love with God. I want to ask you uh, to grab those blue cups that are in your uh, aisles there in each one of those. There's a yellow card that says, God's wiring in the world. And there are pens in those cups and pens in the racks there. We've got one of these for each one of these weeks. And and this one right now, this week, just says God's wiring in the world. And what I want you to do you can start doing this now as I'm talking. You can start doing this uh, later on during the service. Uh, we're going to have a time of response here in just a minute when we start singing. Um, where I'm going to ask if, if you want to write something down on here, a word or a phrase that, that speaks to you of God's wiring in the world, uh, write that down. Come on up. Just put it on this, this wire mesh here. And, uh, and, and whether now or after the service, this will become for us a testimony to how God's wiring is all around us, His design, His presence is among us. Uh, I'll tell you what I wrote on mine. I remember when I was about 10 years old, uh, looking up at the redwoods in California, up at the top and thinking to myself, God must be so big. That's my God's wiring in the world moment. So I want to encourage you to do that in just a moment here. I also want to encourage you, if you, during this time of response, if you've been looking for a church home for a while, and uh, you've been a part of us for a little bit, and you think, you know, this is a place where I can grow to become who God made me, to be uh, in accountable relationship with one another. For us to be a member is just to stand here with me and to say out loud uh, that confession of faith that Peter first gave, I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, as a baptized believer in Christ. If you're not a baptized believer in Christ, we want to offer that to you as well. If you know that the Lord's been speaking to you about uh, that act of obedience by which in the waters of baptism you you, you picture death to self being raised to new life in Christ, we'd love to join with you in that. We keep the waters warm. We've got towels ready. If you just need somebody to talk with, pray with about something going on in your life, We'd love to do that, too. Now's the time to respond. Uh, After the service, uh, grab a friend, grab me, uh, grab a staff member. If you need to talk to somebody or praise somebody, the folks in the connections uh, space with the yellow name tags are available to talk to you, uh, put you in contact with the right person. Uh, We just want to make ourselves available uh, for the ways in which you need to respond uh, to what we've talked about today. So in just a moment, come on up. Put your cards up. Wait till after the service to do so, whichever is fine. Um, that's the invitation for us all as we stand and sing together.